When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the 1871 podcast. It's myself, Johnny Hunt, presenting this evening. And our, and our guest is ex-Reading goalkeeper, Steve Morcone. And apologies in advance. I'm going to have a co-host. My daughter, Edie Rose, maybe join us at some stages, but she talks more French than me, so uh, just stick with it. Um, so Steve, good evening. Welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, mate. I appreciate no, pleasure. it. Pleasure. Pleasure. So going back, Steve, to back to the good old days, back to the... How did the move to Reading come about in 97? You were at West, West Ham. Yeah. I was at West Ham. I I just uh, had a uh, a little bit of a loan stint, um, probably a few months before. I actually had a loan stint uh, with Crew Alexandra, yeah. and uh, I was called back early because uh, at the time Ludo McCosco was the goalkeeper at, at West Ham, and and uh, he'd uh, got injured, so I was meant to stay at Crew for about three months, and um, ended up staying a week. I played three games there in a week, and. Uh, um, Got called back and had a taste of first team football. Um, knew probably my future wasn't uh, with West Ham. It probably wasn't going to be, you know, knocking Ludo off uh, the number one spot. Uh, you know, he's a legend of the game and legend at West Ham. So I, I, I approached my agent, uh, who was Barry Stilkman, and, and just said to him, look, you know, I, I, I need to just play more games and, and, and put myself out there. I'd done quite well. Uh, both for West Ham and and for Cruz. So um, at the time, um, Bobby Mihailov was the keeper. He'd done, just done his knee, um, and uh, and uh, Silky said to me, "Look, there's, the guys are going to come down from Reading and watch one of your reserve games." You know, so um, I remember her, he said, uh, "He said, look, they they need a keeper who's commanding, who talks a lot, who organises." He goes. And I don't know if you've ever met Silky or heard Silky talk. He's very, you know, East London. He goes, listen, whatever you do, just scream. I, mate, I was screaming it. You know, I was telling the left back to tuck in. The left back wasn't even there. You know, he was, he was up in the field. So I was just screaming for the sake of screaming. And it obviously worked because, um, you know, they took me on loan. And, uh, and then from there, I, you know, played some games on loan and then ended up signing. And that was it. I was. I remember that that season when you came in. Like you know, you helped keep us up under under Jimmy Quinn, Mick Gooding, wasn't it? Um, how was yeah. how was that when you you know when you came to the change room? Ready? Did you know anyone, or did you have any kind of contacts there? Uh, uh, no, I only knew uh, Andy Bunnell just from you know being Australian. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know him personally. Um, 
And uh, but you know, to have a familiar face and someone that that I'd I'd met before and and spoken to before I knew was uh, was very good for me to come in. But you know, as a footballer, especially you know, and I was travelling around. You know, I, I played in Italy when I was sixteen, and uh, and you just you you get used to going into change rooms and sort of sitting back and sussing out who the alpha males are and working out you know where where you where you sort of sit amongst the uh, amongst the core group. But uh, I didn't know anyone. Um, nobody really knew me, uh, and the good thing was that the games just started straight away. You know, thick and fast, um, and uh, you know. It, change rooms are a really interesting dynamic because I've been in change rooms like West Ham where, you know, I, I, I was a, a first team, I was sitting on the bench for, for, for almost a season. But until I played my first game, I was never really respected by the boys. You know, you're always sort of on the outer. So coming from a, a, a Premier League team down to a championship team probably made it easier for, for that sort of respect. Um, but, you know, being able to play straight away um, was always a benefit, and, and and you get you know people get around you, especially when you do reasonably well as well. You know, people get around you a little bit more, and 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 are accepting. So that was. What good. was your impressions of Elm Park? I know I know you know West Ham's old ground's a bit similar, but they're probably a little bit of an upgrade. What did you think of the place? Yeah, look, I. Uh, uh, oh jeez, I, I don't know. It doesn't stick in my mind, that, and it was a long time ago, by the way. But it doesn't <laughs> stick in my mind that it was that it was a big culture shock. Um, I, I tell you what sticks in my mind more was going on loan to crew. I mean, that was a that, that was an eye opener, you know. Yeah. So I probably had a little bit of a baptism of fire there, and then was probably used to expecting the worst because I, when I went up to crew, that happened while I was travelling with the first team. We were playing Leeds away. And uh, and the night before the Leeds game, the the management pulled me in and said, "Look, you've got a chance to go on loan. We really want to see you play. Uh, you're going to sit on the bench for us this uh, tomorrow, and then you're straight up the crew. You're playing Sunday. And this is like a Saturday, so a uh, Friday night, ready to play Saturday, straight up there Sunday. And they it, w- it happened that quick that the only hotel that had any availability in crew was only like a broom cupboard I reckon they had, you know. So they stuck me in this thing. The bed was lumpy. It was it was it had no windows. I, I swear it was like it must have been like like a storage cupboard. They just threw a fold away bed in there, you know? And that that was a bit of a culture shock. So coming to Elm Park, it wasn't too bad. And um uh the atmosphere was quality, you know, like you didn't need a lot of people there to have a good atmosphere. No. Um and and the first game we played was against South End at home, and I think we won two one or, or three one. I can't remember. Julesy scored an unbelievable goal, but um, so, so to have a win, you know, it was it was probably only eight nine thousand people, but but it, it was good atmosphere, and, and and I was just happy playing, you know. Yeah, I, I was just, just, just yeah under that tin roof, yeah. So <laughs> you, um, you had some but, quality yeah. players there, didn't you? But alongside you in that team, even though we were struggling, we had like the players from the playoff. That were still in the squad, yeah. leaders. Yeah, who was yeah. the sort of standout characters in that team? Oh, uh, oh look, um, Stuart Lovell was. He wasn't like a standout character, but he was. He was sort of a a solid, you know, solid guy in in the change rooms, and uh, um, you know, fairly stable. And it seemed to 
it just seemed like a little bit seemed to revolve around him, you know, like not that he was it was sort of one of the, the leaders in there. He actually was took a backward step, but he seemed to uh he, he seemed to um uh you know just be involved in everything on and off the field. Um Parky was unbelievable. He was straight away, you know, come over and obviously he was the captain, you know, come introduce himself and made me feel welcome. Yeah. Uh and th- and then you had like uh Michael Mika. Was it Michael Mika? Mika yeah. Mika, he, yeah. He yeah. was yeah. He, uh, like like I said, you know, whenever I get in the change rooms, new new crowd, I, I even do it now with when I'm coaching and stuff, but you kind of sit back and you see who the characters are, who's taking the piss out of who or whatever. And he was definitely amongst it. He was always looking for an angle to, to wind someone up, you know. So uh, I knew to stay clear of him for a little bit and, <laughs> until I got uh, I got used to him. But uh, uh, Trevor Morley was there. Um, yeah, class player. In the first year. Yeah. Um, James Lambert, great, great player, great potential. You know, probably, you know, too good a player, too young. Um, yeah. and, uh, and he'd only just come back from Monaco, I think it was. So... Um, he, he was he was definitely a, a good player, and if you asked him, he told you he was a good player. <laughs> I think he um, still does. He still does. Yeah, I actually really like him, and 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 I, and I got on well with him. But uh, I, I saw a potential in him that probably, um, if he had a sort of concentrated on his own performance instead of worrying about everyone else, probably could have done a lot more. But yeah. um, I don't even remember that goal he scored against. Um, uh, Forest. That was actually my last game. Oh wow! Um, he, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he had that ability, you know. So, you know, and then there, uh, there was Paul Holsgrove was, was was there as well, and uh, uh, Jooksy was in there, but but then he left almost straight away. He went yeah. up to uh, up the walls. Uh, um, yeah, Keith McPherson. So Jooksy and Keith McPherson, I just caught up with just recently as well oh, in the UK. Yeah, and uh, had a had a laugh with them and, and a reminisce. So it was it was a good uh, it, it was a, a really good change room. Some good experienced players um, and some good youngsters as well coming yeah. through as well. Yeah. And then like that first so, season, you had Quinny and Billy in charge, didn't didn't you? How were they to work under as a, as a player? You had you had different guys on that come through, you know, on the, the yeah. Billy and then they had Quinny. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, look, it was an interesting um, uh, dynamic, I suppose, because being player managers or player coaches, um, I think it's always a tough job to balance yeah. the two. And uh, I, I've experienced it here in Australia where one, one of my good mates, Kevin Musket, um, was a player at, at, at Melbourne Victory when I was coaching and then he became become manager. And you have to change. You have to separate yourself from being one of the leaders of of the boys to to being the manager. Yeah. And so I'm sure that their task was, and I didn't know them before when they were just players, but I'm sure their task was, you know, immensely difficult for that point of view. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember them being very professional, very very good at what they were doing, and um, and you know, not really remember hearing any real murmurs of issues because they were player managers. So I think that, you know, I thought they, they did a good job. You know, we were yeah. probably, they were probably unlucky. You know, in hindsight, if you, if you think about who took over from them, you know, did they do a better job, worse job? I don't know. I ended up getting relegated the following year, so probably they did a worse job. But, 
Yeah, Terry, um, Terry, Terry, Terry yeah. the Taxi, wasn't it? Terry Bullivant. Terry Bullivant, yeah. yeah. What was he like I to mean, work I, under? He came in, didn't he, as a fresh and sort of new enough and yeah. manager. No, it was. I actually made my West Ham debut against Terry and uh, and Barnett in a in a cup game. So um, it was. Uh, it, it it just struck me as a very nervous guy, and you, you know, like I, I can actually remember in uh, in in a team talk, he he almost lost his train of thought, and and, and it just kind of you know bamboozled him, and the, and he couldn't sort of get back on track, and. Oh. You know, but uh, he, he knew his stuff. I just don't know whether he was, you know, manager material, that's all. Yeah, yeah. That's big that's step probably up, what let it? him down. Yeah, cool. I, I think so. I mean, he did well at Barnet. He was at Barnet right before yeah. he came to life. And, and I think he did he did reasonably well there. But, you know, you know, Reading at the time, I suppose, Reading was a big jump from from Barnet, I mean, year, you know, two years before, I suppose, where, you know, the club was almost, uh, you know, at the top level, and Barnet, I think, were in the old third division or whatever it was, the League Two, um, and and a, and a small club, um, but he, he had experience around him. I mean, Alan Pardew was wasn't an experienced manager, but he'd been around, you know, played at big clubs and yeah. and the highest level and. And I can't remember the the other assistant's name, but he I think he spent some time in Spain, didn't he? With uh, um, you're trying to think of it was actually uh, mine's got a blank. Yeah, uh, if you say his name, I remember. I just can't yeah. remember. He, he was an older guy, but you know, like they they had some experience. But I just don't think you know Terry Bullivan had, um, I suppose, had that that character. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to be a manager. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I think he's very knowledgeable. He knew he knew the game, but I just don't I just don't know if he had that character. You know? So we had we had um, Limboy Primer song with us a while back, and I think he came in after okay. Terry, didn't he? Um, yeah, him he did, and Carla yeah. Saba, and like there were two decent signings, weren't they? But it just didn't that season just it kind of faded away a bit, like Reading season just gone, doesn't it? This year, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think we ever really, and we had. Um, uh, what's his name come in as well in the middle of the park um, Ray Houghton yes that's right yeah uh, was there as well yeah yeah look uh, I don't remember us being uh, terrible really in any games we just I don't know just I suppose didn't really win a lot I mean I, I got injured after I don't know how many games I think it was November December I think I uh, I actually I actually, I remember, in, like, I remember injuring my knee uh, at, at training, uh, and and I thought I'd just tweaked it, and, and I, I kind of played for about four weeks with yeah. a sore knee, and 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 eventually said, you know, I uh, said to the the medical staff, you know, it keeps swelling up a little bit. What's going on? We got scans, and that's when uh, they discovered that I tore my cartilage, and um, uh, and. The night that they told me was the night before we were playing. Um, either it was either Stoke or someone like that, and and I said, uh, I said, oh look, I've played on for three or four weeks with this bit of pain. I'll just keep playing, and yeah. you know, it should be all right. End of the season, we'll we'll do something about it. And the next day in the warm up, I, it locked up on me. I couldn't move. I remember that. Uh, I remember that game. Know. Yeah, yeah, Paul Vale, it was. Yeah, away then, Paul Vale. Yeah. Like so, after that, Steve, did you? 
did you play again for us? Because you know you, you went to the Majeski, didn't you? From you were yeah. part of the squad for. Now, yeah, I was. I was in the squad. I, I, I didn't. I, I sat on the bench a few times, but I never. I never played again. And in fact, the the like I was saying to you, the the, the week before was the televised game against Nottingham Forest, yeah. where we lost three one. I think it was or two one. Uh, or three. 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 Was wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh, it was a thrill. Yeah, I have to remember what's his name. Stone messed an absolute sitter. Yeah, that's uh, right. But, yeah. yeah, but but see, I I had although I had a little bit of pain uh, in, in my knee that 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 game it didn't my knee just never phased me. But uh, I remember it just swell up a bit the next sort of that that Monday and 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 I went and got checked out or or that weekend and, and we had a, an away game at Port Vale and that's where. I remember coming out for a cross in the warm-up and my knee just, the cartilage must have just got caught in the wrong place and just locked up. And, and I actually never really recovered. Um, then after that, I kept tearing it, kept tearing it. Then they operated on it. Um, and then and I, I wanted to come back to Australia because there was a, a surgeon in Australia who was sort of a leading surgeon in, in knees and I couldn't because of the insurance um, reasons and... And then I ended up coming to Australia to do my rehab, and, and he just looked at my knee and said, it, "It's not that they they've tightened it up, but it hasn't worked." Um, and uh, got it redone virtually straight away. So I had like two two reconstructions in the space of three months. Um, How does that and, impact uh, on your on your mental health to do something like that? You know, as a you know young player, and you're being told that you know that, that yeah. sort of size operation. Yeah, look, mental health was never really talked about, so I just got on with it. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, like, how can I say? Every time I and I'd, I'd actually tore my my cartilage. I had a reconstruction back in nineteen ninety, so like ten years before almost, right? Uh, and it was almost like, okay, right, I'm determined just to get back stronger than ever. Like I never thought about, like you never thought about how it's going to affect my men- mentally, how it's going to affect me or whatever. And there were probably days where I was I, I, I was gutted, depressed. And in fact, actually, at the time, right, I had, a, there was an offer come in for me from, two offers, one from Wimbledon, one from Coventry. And um, and the club said, no, he's not for sale. And, you know, I said the, the usual thing. And, 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 I, and I loved it. I loved it at Reading, don't get me wrong. But, you know, when the Premier League comes, club comes in for you and they're, you know, they're bidding over you know, one and a half million pounds or whatever it was at the time, you know, you kind of think, oh, I want to try and get back into yeah. the premiership, you know, so I was, I remember talking with my agent about it and he said, look, you know, we think it's going to, you know, it could it could happen, they're really interested, both clubs are really interested, it was Wimbledon and, and Coventry and, um, and and I had a really good season, right, and, and started off really well and uh, and I remember my agent saying to me, just sit tight and I'll let you know. And then that, that the following week I got injured. He goes, don't worry, you know, just get over injury and, and, and we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll negotiate again with Reading if you don't want to leave, whatever. And I just never recovered. So that probably um, uh, affected me a little bit, thinking oh, I've missed that opportunity. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be another one around the corner. If it's not with Reading, it'll be someone else or whatever. And, it just never happened, and and you just you probably I, I probably never thought about the end because I was always determined to keep going. And yeah. even you know uh, I ended up leaving Reading, and I went up to to Wolverhampton, and I had a six months stint there. I had about four months at Crystal Palace, and I ended up at Gillingham 
and uh, and never really got going at any of the clubs because I probably needed another six months of rehab. Yeah. Yeah. But my contract had run out. Tommy Burns had come in. They wouldn't extend my my contract. They'd only give me a week to week, you know. Yes. And as a footballer, week to week, you're going, man. I got, you know, I got bills yeah. to pay. I got, I, yeah, you know. And, and and where Wolves had given me a six month contract, and I thought, well, that you know, that's better than week to week, and maybe I can build on it. But I was just never right again, you know. Yeah, I played a bit of non league, but it, it just it's hard enough to be a footballer as it is. Let alone, I think the last operation that I had was my seventh in in the year and a half wow. uh, on the same knee, yeah. And, you know, so it's hard enough trying to, I suppose, try, trying to be a footballer, uh, you know, with a, with a fit, able body, let alone trying to do it with three reconstructions and then probably another eight operations under your belt, you know. Yes. But I, I gave it a go. I'm paying yeah. for it now. I walk, around, I walk around with a bit of a limp, but, you know, I'll get I was going to ask you, I was going to say, 20 odd years later, do you still have an impact on you? Oh, there you go. Right? Like it must yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Unfortunately, it does. Uh, I, I'm actually trying to get some stuff sorted out, but, you know, look, uh, I, I would never, you know, people go, oh, man, look, you know, look what you've done. I would never give it up. If I knew this was the outcome and I had to start again, I'd start again and do exactly the same thing. Yeah. You know, so I, I had the time of my life, man. I, I, you know, like I, I was a kid who grew up on a on a country farm, you know, in the outback of Australia. Um, and and to say that I, you know, I've walked away with playing in the, in one of the best leagues in the world, yeah. you know, having a career for that spanned over seventeen years as a professional, and then following that coaching for you know ten twelve years um, as a pro. Like I, you know, I feel fortunate. Um, that uh, I was given these opportunities, uh, but I also worked pretty hard for it as well. You know? Yeah, and that, on the A League, how, how you know it's in the finals at the minute. There, um, what do you how the A League's progressed over the years? Like you know, I was over there two thousand five and watched it how it started off, and so when when you were coaching and watching Grant Bremner yeah. run around for for victory, you know, <laughs> and all, all the ex Reading connections that were going on at the time. Where do you think yeah. it is now? Where it's going for the future? Oh, I oh, look. It's it's it definitely plateaued, um, and it's unfortunate because um, it, it kind of had a bit of a a peak in the in the seventies and eighties, and then sort of died down a little bit. And then when the A League come in, I, I I came back from the UK the year after the A League was formed, and and uh, um, it. I had a lot of skepticism. I thought it's going to just fall on its ass again. Um, but then all of a sudden, we, you know, victory started getting some success. There was only one team in Melbourne, yeah. and and we we're getting crowds of twenty, thirty thousand, you know. And then all of a sudden, we had this big blockbuster game against Sydney. We had fifty odd thousand people at a game, and I'm going, I can't believe this is Australian football. You know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and and it hit its peak, and 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 then. The, the the football Australia and the Australian government bid for the World Cup, right? So they bid for either Russia or or Qatar, and the debacle that happened with that, I think they just got really gun shy, and I think they were ha- hanging their hats on hosting a World Cup, and that's yeah. the ultimate goal, and that's why we're driving this football league, and we're spending all this money, and and they had a big backer. Um, who who was this uh, guy who set up Westfield shopping centres? Who I think you got Westfield in in yeah, in the yeah, UK, yeah. 
and and he had a big passion, uh, and he was actually involved in the seventies setting up the, the the old national league as well, and and he kind of you know took a backward step, but they all got burnt from bidding for these World Cups, yeah, yeah. and uh, both financially and I think emotionally, and 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 what I noticed, whether it's just me noticing it as a coincidence or whether it actually was the case, I don't know, but I just noticed that you know the foot got taken off the pedal. And and there wasn't as much marketing in the local game. We weren't attracting as many, you know, bigger named um, marquee players. And it's just slowly, slowly dying at a slow death. You know, it's just it's a shame, really. But you know, it's just it just seems to be really, really at a at an interesting point, a bit, a little bit of a crossroads. You know, I hope it doesn't go you know, down the road of sort of falling over, but they need to do something. Yeah. Know? I don't know what that is. I, I, the only thing I can think is that we don't get a lot of government support um, and uh, and that's really what we need. Yeah. I see, because you see your Andy Manel's at the Central Coast Mariners now, isn't he? He's got a role there. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, I, oh, yeah, I he's didn't know, yeah. Yeah, he's, I'm yeah. not sure what he's doing there, but so they've, they've done very well this year. But I, I saw you were yeah. back in Reading a little while back for a game. How was that for you? Was that when was the last time you were back before that? Yeah, yeah. So I I came back in uh, 2015 with my whole family, and I and, and I managed to get to a game. Um, and that was when Yap Stamp just took over. It was his first game of the season, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, that was great. And then my son, who's 14 now, he's uh, he's loving his football. He's a keeper as well. He's only just started being a keeper and brainwashed him. And <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I say to everyone, I never pushed him, but you know, when he was about two or three months old, he used to have the iPad in front of him watching goalkeeper clips. So <laughs> it's probably subconsciously it was in there, you know. And he used to hang out with me when he was, a, you know, when he was a little fellow, and, and they, you know, at training and stuff. When I was coaching at Victory, so and whenever we had a bit of spare time, I'd sort of, you know, kick a few balls at him and that. So he was loved. It. But like all kids, he wanted wanted to be a striker. But now he's he's become a keeper, and and he's doing really well actually. So he's playing in sort of the the higher level of junior football here in, wow. in, in Melbourne, and. Um, he also got involved in this uh, touring group that's uh, uh, associated with West Ham. So we had two weeks over in, in the UK uh, at the start of April uh, where he played some games and and, uh, and trained and we went and watched some games. And, and one of the games was uh, that, that that tour group had organised was going to watch QPR play somebody, I can't remember what it was now. And I noticed that uh, Reading were, uh, were playing uh, uh, Burnley at home. So, you know, we sort of split from the group and, and always, Ronnie always Grant. Always just the fake hoops. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. The fake hoops. So Ronnie Grant got in touch with me and he runs uh, the uh, ex-players association. And he said, look, we'd love to, for you to come to the game and, you know, bring your son, son along. And, and uh, he goes, uh, you know, he goes, you can go and, you know, we'll get you up in a director's box, but if you don't mind having a Q and A in one of the rooms or whatever. So, I said, yeah, I loved it. And it was it was a great, great day. My boy walked away going, oh, today was the best day ever, you know? Oh, wow. And we actually went and watched, we went and watched Man City and um, and Bayern Munich when, <laughs> when we were up in Manchester. And I thought that was the best day. But he goes, no, nah, no, nah, today's the best day, you know? Like, and and oh, it was great because Ron, Ron actually took my boy aside and, 
and sort of didn't show him around the stadium, but sort of took him outside and said, you know, your dad, this is where your dad played, and this is what we thought of him when he was there. So he kind of got a bit of an insight. Oh, wow. It's not just dad telling him how good I was. You <laughs> yeah, know, somebody else actually could say it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and, he, and he kind of saw a club like Reading who... Probably from a distance, you think, ah, oh, they're just, you know, they're just a whatever. But going into the Majesty, still impressive stadium. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, he goes, oh, Dad, this is fancy. We're in the director's box and having lunch. He goes, this is really fancy because we've got some big plates but little food, you know. <laughs> so uh, he, he, he loves it. And it was great. It was great for me to catch up with, with a lot of different people I hadn't seen for a long time. And then I managed to have a drink with uh, Jilksy and and, uh, and Keith McPherson as well, which is good. Because I think Keith's son's at, at Reading oh, wow. uh, in their 15s, yeah. So, um, is he a defender a, like uh, his dad or as well? No, he's not. I don't think he's a defender, no. no <laughs> but uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was good. It was good because... Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in Reading, even even after I'd finished playing, I sort of stuck around for a couple of years and was involved in a couple of different business ventures. And um, to go back and catch up with some friends who I still keep in touch with now was really good. You know, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, yeah. And what did you make of oh, on the pitch? I know you, that game was a decent game for an old hunt, but, um, you know, the relegation. What have you made of Reading's troubles over the last few years Have you been following... Yeah, I, I have been following. I, I, you know, sometimes it's hard to to get really into the nitty gritty of of what's going on. I sort of get on the, you know, the, the social media side of things. Uh, I, I sort of catch up with some some news, but that's more, you know, fans' views and stuff like that. But uh, I, I don't know the exact ins and outs, but I know they were they were punished by the uh, financial fair play rules. Uh, which in the end I think cost them right. Uh, yeah. I mean when that when that when that sort of stuff happens, even even though you may be sort of mid table struggling, I know what it's like when you're when you're down the bottom, you seem to get sucked down even harder, you know. Uh, and nothing work goes right for you. Whereas if you know if they were in, in a sort of a safer place, maybe the rubber the green kind of changes yeah. a little yeah. bit for you. Every you know? every game and, went against us at the end. We went, oh please, can that, yeah. that team beat that team? Nope. No, you just went, yeah. oh, there's like, not to be, and that's right now. No, that's right. And, and I think Noel, I remember in that game, uh, you know, Noel and his, and his crew did really well, and I thought that they, they really were positive um, and, and really gave it to a, a good team like Burnley, who, who play good football, which is a really strange thing to say when you're referencing Burnley, but they, <laughs> you know, they've got a, a decent manager, but they, I thought they played well, but... You know, and then, uh, you know, it was just, I don't know, they were just unlucky in the end, I think. Um, and hopefully they can regroup and bounce back up straight away and, uh, and you know, live to fight another day because they're, they're certainly viewed differently, I think, after their stint in the EPL. Um, uh, they're viewed as, as one of the bigger clubs in the, in the championships, whereas I think prior to that, they were always probably seen as a, uh, a, a small fish hanging in there in in the championship, you know. Yeah. So be, it'd be good to see them back up there, but you know, be, it's a big challenge, isn't it? Like, so the last time was when you were at Reading, we got relegated to to League One, as it is now, isn't yeah. it? So like it kind of gone full circle, wasn't it? Because that the, the the way the club went after you know sort of the move to the Majeski and the, the getting to yeah. the Premier League, and now it's almost like a start again, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really interesting, you know. Um, 
Tottenham's going through it at the moment. I think when there's ever, whenever there's instability, uh, you know, in uh, off the field, it, it just seems to you just can't seem to avoid it on the field. You know, yeah. like uh, they, they, obviously with the financial fair play and the owners, and you know, I, was, I don't know exactly all the stories, but I was hearing rumours that you know things weren't right and previous owners and. Yeah. I even heard the mention of Russians, which I never knew about. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, so it's, that's it, where it started to go wrong. Yeah, you know, I've been involved, even here in Australia, at a club where the, the at board level, there's a bit of, uh, you know, instability. Uh, and it just seems to push over onto the field, even though you might not, never even see them day yeah. to day. But but when you've got a you know when you've got a a, a board and a director and and a chairman who's stable and and functional and you know, like probably what Majeski was like when he was bringing you know everyone in and 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 holding everything together, um, it just seems to success seems to almost follow that you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then and then it's vice versa as well you know. Yeah, I know the clubs you know, with the embargoes and you know not being able to do proper transfers and it's just been. You know, we've hung around for the last few years, managed to stay up, and then you just kind of you feel like it's 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 kind of run out of luck time, and now we're you know we're where we're at. But that's football, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> no, that, that's right. That is football, and that's the beauty of um of the whole you know setup in in English football. You know, like in Australia, we don't have promotion relegation because uh, there's not enough money, there's not enough clubs who financially could handle it. You know, you go to play an away game and it costs you an absolute fortune. You're going to fly, you know, 25 <laughs> players halfway across the country, yeah. stay two nights in you know, a hotel. You know, just, you know, like clubs couldn't get promoted and then try and sustain that. So, so you then you get a level of, um, of falseness in, in, in games because clubs are, um, you know, can't get into the top part of the, uh, you know, to get into Champions League or, or, or win, you know, cup games and things like that. So then in the end, they're just fielding kids and it just becomes crap. So, so I think the excitement of promotion relegation is what makes our game the beautiful game right all over the yeah. world. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, 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 it it's not a bad stabiliser where it's kind of, you know, everyone sort of goes, okay, all right, now we need one. Let's see, what what are we now really got to do to get back up there? Yeah. Because like you're saying, you're kind of hanging around as a little bit false. Maybe maybe planning with, you know, in the back room of the offices wasn't getting done the right way because they were just in survival mode and that maybe now they can, they can sort of, you know, there's, there's, you've seen it many times where clubs get relegated, then relegated again, and then it takes them a couple of years, and then they come back and they're doing better than ever. You know, momentum, isn't it? It's, it's a lot. To yeah. Things. What's what, yeah. What's your life like now, Steve? Coming sort of uh, full circle, what What are you up to these days? Yeah. Look, I uh, so I, you know I consider myself as a career coach, right? So I, I coach full time. I was. Um, uh, I was coaching at Victory. I was running my own academy and uh, getting involved in, in, in new stuff. And I've got three kids, right? So I've got, I got twins who are 14 and a, and, and a 12-year-old. And um, what I found was, like I said to you, and an away game, we would travel. You know, I'd leave the house at 6 a.m. On a, on a Friday. I wouldn't get home till midnight on a Sunday after, you know, for an away game. And then by the time you get back to work, and I was hardly seeing the kids, right? And and then when my kids started getting involved in sport, 
my son in football, my daughter's in basketball and swimming and all that. I was just missing everything, you know. And I spent 10 years at Victory, had some success. And I've always been a sort of not worried about trying to try different things, you know. I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. I, I do a bit of property. I've got businesses. and um, So I thought, you know, I, I want to try and dedicate some time to my kids, just like my dad did for me and helped yeah. me, you know, with my career. So I, I left the 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 professional coaching and I set up a business um, uh, doing apparel. So I now uh, supply uh, apparel to both professional and, and and semi-professional amateur sporting clubs, mainly football. But but um, you know I do uh, I do some volleyball, basketball. I had the contract for the national team for for volleyball for about four years and. Um, and yeah, and then you know, like COVID come in and destroyed everything for us, and yeah, and and it, and it kind of forced me to change a little bit. So my business also now does uh, uh, workwear, corporate wear, all that sort of stuff, and you know, I dabble in a lot of different things. So you know, enjoying life, doing a bit of prop, yeah, enjoying life. But in saying that, my son went to a club, um, uh, and they're an amateur club, but they're uh, sort of at that that higher level of of state. Uh, competition here they call it the nationals premier league and i i just i went there as a dad i said to him mate i'm not getting involved you go there trial i don't want them to see me or you know i don't want an influence at all um and 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 he got it he got a you know got a spot in the team there and and they lost their um academy director and uh i just thought it was starting to you know go pear-shaped so i put my hand up to help (laughs) as academy director and you know, I've gone from that. That's why I said 10 o'clock break, so the coaches meeting tonight. Now I'm working every day after my own work. I go <laughs> there and, you know, I run the club with the, all the coaching and put the programs together. And um, uh, and uh, I'm really enjoying I must admit, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's just that, you know, it, it just means I've got to sacrifice a couple of other things. But so I'm back into coaching for, for I only really didn't coach for maybe a year, so I'm back in the coaching now. So join it. Lastly, just one: what was your would be your your fondest memory looking back at your time at Reading? What would be the one thing for you? Man, walking out on a sunny day, pre-season against Chelsea. That, <laughs> that you know, like there was probably seventeen thousand people there. The place was rocking. I just remember it as a beautiful day, and and, and it was just, it was like it, it gave me a, a warmth uh, that that maybe gave me. That's probably that day probably made me connect with the Reading Football Club. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. It was it was Elm Park. It, it was what it was. Yeah, there I was, was there. <laughs> a level. Sorry, I was there at that game. I remember that one. Yeah, you, you remember it. it. I don't know. I just remember looking over. Uh, as we walked out to the left, as we walked out of the tunnel to the left, and I can't remember what they, they used to call that side, but that you know behind the goals, it was standing room only. It was packed, the toilets and 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 the singing and everything. It was just, it was just a buzz, and it was almost like it was because it was only a year or maybe a bit longer than a year where we where Reading nearly got promoted. Right, it was almost like. This is what it would have been like if we were yeah. in the, you know, like cause Chelsea were a big team, yeah. some big players as well, yeah. and uh, um, 
I don't know that that that's if I think about a fond memory like that day just sticks out in my mind. It's like a day I'll never forget. Uh, also because you know I have an Italian background, so there was some Italian big Italian players in that yeah, team. Zola was playing, wasn't he? Zola scored two goals. But, but he, <laughs> I scored, mention that. he scored a lot. Now, I, I, I'm actually proud to mention that because he scored against far better keepers than me. So I'm okay <laughs> with that, you know. Um, but, you know, Di Matteo was playing in that national team, Zola, Viali. Wow. And, and, and these guys here, you know, I, I, I kind of idolised as, as Italian national team players. And, and I'm on the same park as them. But it's just, you know, like it's the whole thing of, of the town buzzing, you, I remember walking out, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, it was just a beautiful day, and, and it was just a great atmosphere as well, you know. So, And I know every, it just felt like everyone enjoyed it. And yeah. I don't know whether it was that game, but I ended up going across the road to the pub, what was it called? The Spread Eagle. Spread Eagle or something. Yeah, the yeah. Spread Eagle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I went in, after the game, went in and had a drink, and it was brilliant. <laughs> like, it, it was just, uh, um, you know, like I, right. I kind of felt... It made me almost feel like I was at home, you know. Oh, so that's probably my fondest memory. Yeah, it's good. Oh, a great way to finish up, Steve. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah. I know it's late over there for you. You probably didn't get to bed, um, but it's been a pleasure. Now no, I've got some. i got some sessions. I've got to plan for tomorrow. Mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working, mate. Lovely. No, no, all good. Hey, I really enjoyed it. And, and uh, sorry, I, I remember I was meant to be on a while back, and and I and I missed it and and whatever. But I really, I really appreciate the the chance to uh, to get on and have a chat and and uh you know and and it's probably great that it's followed on from my recent visit as well you know yeah brilliant thanks so much for your time Stephen. just let folks know this episode will be out this evening um on the usual on the uh youtube channel as we have now and also yeah. on the spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so thanks again steve and have a good day everyone cheers no problem go the royals <laughs> Cheers, Steve. You're a star, mate. Thanks so much again. No, really, really nice speaking no to you again. No. You too. All the best. Take care, Steve. Bye, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.